May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let me just say, I am so glad that you are here. In the cold, the wind, the busyness of this crazy world, it could have been easier maybe to stay home. But I know for so many of us, it's not really, really Christmas unless you have been to church on Christmas Eve, maybe had a certain meal together, maybe been with the same people walked into church or gone to the same place together. And maybe it's not really Christmas, even if you, unless you've been here at Christ Church, New Bern. So I'll also say that if you are usually somewhere else on this night, if you are often with other people than the people you are with, and this place isn't home, then know that I'm even more glad that you are here. The birth story of Jesus of Nazareth is one of my favorites. We hear from the Gospel of Luke each year, but we should always remember there's a version in Matthew's Gospel also. And used together is where we get the images, it's where we get the Christmas pageants that we all know and love. Luke offers more detail, and in offering more detail, Luke also leaves more to the imagination more questions, more opportunities to ponder the what-ifs. Painters and other artists from the past 2,000 years have enhanced, have enhanced those what-ifs, letting their holy imagination fill in some of the blanks that Luke and Matthew do not tell us. No room in the inn. Angels, shepherds, stables, tired, babe, tired parents, wise men, a baby wrapped up tight like a burrito. In some, way, in some ways, though, none of it should surprise us, because throughout Scripture, God does the unexpected. But a baby being born in an out-of-the-way place would not have been all that different for the people of that time. Indeed, though, it was a bit of the ordinary bundled up in a blanket of extraordinary. Because then the angels, Luke tells us, they went out to tell the shepherds. They didn't announce it to the commoners and the dignitaries in Bethlehem. They didn't announce it to the high priest and the Levites in Jerusalem. Gaius Octavius, the Roman emperor at that time, could probably have cared less. So why go to Rome or wherever he was that night? I always wonder what Mary and Joseph thought when those shepherds showed up. Were they worried, confused, astounded, bewildered, happy? The angels who spoke to Mary and Joseph separately, they didn't say anything about shepherds showing up to see some new baby. Shepherds didn't have the best reputation in those days, and yet here they come. Maybe they even brought their flocks with them. They certainly did in our crush over here, didn't they? Did they tell Mary and Joseph how they knew to come to that particular spot right then? 
Were they wandering the streets of Bethlehem looking for a child born in a stable? Probably wouldn't have been that hard to find because stories spread fast. But certainly a bizarre question for shepherds to be asking in the city at night. This is a story that so many of us know by heart. Even if we don't know all of the words from Luke's gospel, we know the crux of the story. Whether we've heard it in church, or we've studied it in a Bible study, or we've watched a Charlie Brown Christmas a million times, it's a story that gives us all feelings of warmth and wonder and hope. And my Lord, do we not live in a time when we need any and all of that? We need to be reminded that the Prince of Peace is in the world, alive and working. In that wonder and warmth and hope, we must never forget what God did in the birth of the one we call Jesus. God turned the world right side up. God chose an unexpected set of parents in an unexpected place, in an unexpected time, to come as close to humanity as God could come, which was to be human, to take on the name of Emmanuel, God with us. And instead of it happening in a place where those with power and prestige and privilege could see it and be in awe, God chose an ordinary stable. Instead of an extraordinary display for kings and princes and religious leaders, God chose ordinary shepherds to be the first to lay eyes on this almighty child. The kings of Israel were often considered shepherds of God's people, so maybe it shouldn't be surprising that this is the group to whom the angels went to tell first. At the same time, it was a group often without power, without a voice in their community, often looked down upon, but those with an important task, a task thought beneath most other people. For a moment, from the moment of his birth, Jesus began to change the world. His entire ministry was about welcoming those whom the religious establishment and those in the empire were saying, we're not enough, or we're not good enough. And Jesus said to them, but you are. You are both enough and good enough. Whatever it was that brought you here this night, I hope you will take, this heart, take to heart this Christmas message. That Jesus' work of welcoming outcasts, standing up to those in power, and being a light in the darkness continues today. And we have a choice. We can remain silent and just think of that cute little baby, thinking that this is just an hour or so of our lives, and tomorrow or Monday or maybe Tuesday, things will go back to how they used to be. Or we can be like the shepherds. We often gloss over this one little passage in Luke's telling of this extraordinary story. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds told what they saw about the angels, about the baby, about the stable, about how it probably didn't look anything like anyone expected. 
The prophet Isaiah foretold of a time when the people who had walked in darkness would see a great light. It wasn't the light that shone on the shepherds. It's not what he was talking about. It was the newborn. Jesus was the light. John's gospel opens up by talking about the word of God taking on flesh and in him was life and the life was the light of the world. That was the light the shepherds witnessed when they went to the stable. And they did what we should be doing and telling others about the light. What may be more important than being like the shepherds is listening to shepherds. There are those in our culture who are trying to point the way to Jesus, trying to show us what and where God is moving and working, and yet we overlook them because they've been out in the fields with the sheep, either literally or figuratively, and maybe they don't fit the mold of what we are expecting. And yet these ordinary people are trying to tell us about something rather extraordinary in the ways our God is acting in the world. Once Jesus was born, the world could never go back to the way things were. And the message was clear. We are moved by the memory of this night to welcome those whom society says aren't good enough. And we care for the poor who, like this baby, have no real bed in which to lie on a cold night. We are called to be the light to those who walk in darkness. We are called to help change the world and to turn it right side up. And I hope that as we hear this story, we remember that Jesus was here for us too, and that as beloved children of God, we are enough, and we are good enough. So no matter why you're here tonight, I hope you won't leave the same person you walked in. I hope and pray that you will take this Christmas message and, like Jesus, bring the extraordinary out of the ordinary. Bring the light into the world and help turn the world right side up.